Are we saying the same thing? <laughs> yes, we're saying the same thing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And kind of our noir episode, which I didn't realize. Oh, I guess so. (laughs) The two main things that we'll be talking about are definitely noir. I saw the kid detective described as neo-noir. Okay, I can see that. Which I guess is appropriate. Yeah. And then The Good Asian, the new series, um out from Image Comics by Pornsack Pinchichot. Pichichot. Pichichot. Okay. <laughs> what did you say? Pichichot. Pichichot. Yeah. Are we saying the same thing? <laughs> yes, we're saying the same thing. This is great and, content. <laughs> and Alexander Tefenki. Tefenki. These are tough. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what else did we do though? Uh, we also watched the first couple episodes of Jupiter's legacy, which just dropped to Netflix this week. And about how many episodes of Watchmen do we have left? I want to say that we've watched four. Four? That sounds about right. Then six. We're right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Either way you look at it. Right. Unless you're being really strict about what the middle is. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. What do you think so far about the four that we've watched? I think last time we'd only watched the first episode when we talked last week. Oh, I'm super into it. It's great. And it just keeps getting better. It really does. I I know what the next episode is. And it's very interesting. But I think it really starts to pick up steam after the next episode. Okay. I also want to watch Bad Batch, which... The first episode came out on Disney Plus this week. I guess it's like a 50-minute episode, a big intro to mm-hmm. suck people in. And I was debating on whether I wanted to finish Clone Wars and Rebels before I started Bad Batch, and I, I just don't think I'm going to. Yeah, there's going to be like three seasons of Bad Batch by the time that you get through all the Clone Wars. I know, it's taking if, forever. Especially because, if you're waiting to watch with the kids. Well, I mean... They're I, no good at this. <laughs> They have different I priorities. <laughs> I mean, we at least pressed on without Courtney, but every time I do ask Tegan about it, she's like, she always wants to watch something else. So maybe I will just have to watch it without her. That'd be a bummer for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> but I already know what happens in the first episode because I've listened to podcasts about it. So why not just at least watch that? Mm-hmm. And I think she'll like that one if she'll sit down and watch it with me anyway, because it has some Order 66 stuff in it, which... I don't know. She's weird. It's like one of her favorite things. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They kill all the Jedi. (laughs) Well, she's a little noir herself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She was trying to be noir at dim sum today, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The beginning of the, this, this morning was just, it was a rough start. Everybody was, um, it was a difficult journey getting out the door. But once we got there, it's mother's day. Yeah. Uh, for posterity <laughs> and <laughs> we went and got dim sum which you've been talking about for maybe two and a half years yeah and it was fun it was a really good experience it was so nice. delicious too and we all had such a good time and yeah i had a little bit of a moment but i think i bounced back pretty quickly from that and yeah 
tw- yeah. 10 minutes into the car ride everything was okay yeah basically yeah. <laughs> the food was great we went and got some awesome ice cream and yeah, a new place down great. Tampa. i like the people that work there too yeah they weren't like they were just the right amount of friendly personality you know where they're not like it's too much and you're like okay i don't want to talk to you that much but enough where they're like okay i know how to interact with other humans it's um something i strive for in my communication with strangers so lofty goals yeah i mean these people are teenagers and they handle you know social situations better than i do but my ice cream was delicious um (laughs) it's really all that matters The cone was delicious. The ambiance was pretty great. Uh, I like their vibe in there and the color scheme. And then we moved outside after and it was a beautiful little shady spot to sit right there. And yeah, it's uh, kind of oddly out of place with everything going on around it, but it's guess, all yeah. enclosed in these nice palms There's and a beautiful coconut flowers palm and, right yeah, there. It's crazy. <laughs> So, and the soundtrack was good. Did you already mention that? No, I didn't. The music playing on the uh, speakers was pretty fun too. Uh, everything we should have asked. Like, great. It's probably like a station that they play. Um, Although I think a lot of people use Spotify, which I don't. Um, yeah, I mean, depending on how big the place is, there's like licensing um, things as far as like what you're allowed to play and and stuff like that. And I don't know. Um, should I know we that- Google that and get into that. Licensing issues for small businesses, <laughs> music rights. Um, no. Okay, next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else do we do today? Well, not today, but well, I guess sort of today. We watched the first couple episodes of Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. Right, yesterday and today. Yeah, yeah, and it's based on this Mark Millar. I we listened to an interview on the Ringerverse podcast, and I was only, I guess, half paying attention when they were talking about the writer. Is it Mark Miller, but with an A? No, it's Millar. Okay. Yeah, makes more <laughs> sense. I guess the point is that I just was not paying as close attention as I thought to particular um, parts of the interview. Okay. So, Well, they only said his name right at the top, so. Yeah, it's easy not- to miss. Yeah. There we go. And Frank Whiteley was, well, I thought he was the artist on all of it, but it kind of sounded through the course of the interview that maybe he was, he took over at a certain point and has um, a big part of a, a certain run on the comic. Uh, it's unclear because we haven't read it. Um, I don't know if I need to go back and read it. But No, I, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, Although Mark Millar does say it's like his second favorite thing he's written. So. Yeah. And we've read the first thing, the Magic Order or at least I read it, and then you at least read the first comic book. We have, I think, the first arc. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember it. Uh, it's not that old. Okay. And the artist on that was uh, Oliver Copiel. You know, I like his stuff. But anyway, we're talking about <laughs> talking about Jupiter's Legacy, the TV series, right? So, what's your overall feeling right now? Well, we're two episodes in for for an eight episode first season. Mm-hmm. I would say that I am interested to see where the story's going. And I am unimpressed overall with the with the TV show, I guess, just generally. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm on the same page with you there. So there's enough going on story-wise that makes me want to know what's gonna happen, at least for now. 
Um, I don't know if the other stuff that I'm not super enjoying is going to like start to outweigh that at some point, but I like to give it maybe another episode or two and see where I, I feel there. Um, I'm not impressed with some of the acting in it. The two parents, um, Josh Duhamel, Josh Duhamel and, um, I have the thing pulled up here. Who is it? Leslie Bibb and Leslie Bibb. I think that they do great. I mean, they're very experienced actors, smaller roles and things. And the uncle's and good like too, right? And the uncle's pretty good too. Um, but the kids are a little. Yeah. I mean, it does. Everybody always says Netflix has all the money, right? I don't think they spend it on this show is my impression. Yeah. The effects are kind of corny. The costumes, the costumes are, I think, faithful adaptations from the books. I mean, it's not like I've been completely unaware of Jupiter's Legacy as a comic book series. Right. I've never read it, but I've seen the covers uh, in the comic shop every time I go by there. And by by, I mean in. <laughs> 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 but I don't... The, the costumes are just kind of weird. You said the wardrobe is... It seems outdated. It's not yet. Yeah. And I think it's all in the spirit of faithful adaptation, right? Right. Um, But but like this girl's hair is so distracting because it looks (laughs) like a full on wig, right? Um, Which it must be either that or they're doing something weird to her hair. And it's like, it takes you out of it because it's not like a very good thing. But aside from that, I think my biggest issue overall is the characters seem very one dimensional right now i'm not getting a whole lot of depth of person like they're all just very one note and even with like the flashback stuff with the dad and everything to before they got the powers like still you don't there's not building a lot of of um difference of who they are and and stuff i think the uncle actually is probably the best fleshed out character as far as like different personality and and um he's probably my favorite character both in the flashbacks and present day um and we don't get all that much of him in present day so eh, I, i mean i guess we'll see but like even utopian who is josh duhamel's character I'm not seeing those layers and it, it's just sort of like. Uh, yeah. And like I said a, earlier, maybe it's one of those shows that just gets better as it goes on. Maybe it just needs to find its footing, mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm on the same track as you. I definitely want to give it more of a chance and, and see where it goes. And also listening to Mark Millar talk about it. Right. When he's so like passionate about his work. Want, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As somebody who knows about the series and is passionate, like you said, it just makes you want to find out more. Like, And I'm here for the mystery in the story. Like, I want to know what is this power island thing where I'm assuming is where they, these first generation of superheroes is getting their powers. And Yeah, and the know. way that he talks about everything in the series that's leading up to, I guess he's getting ready to start basically the last so, volume, which will be mm-hmm. 12 issues. And he talks about how it's kind of going to reveal the the purpose of the story and how you think it's kind of about one thing, but it's really about this other thing. And he talks about how mind blowing it is. And I'm sure some of that is just, you know, a little bit of hype and he's very excited about the mm-hmm. story he's trying to tell, but it makes me want to be there for not the necessarily story, read it. Right? Although I kind of want to read it. Like, I, especially <laughs> after seeing the TV show and being, well, can you get uh, it on Hoopla? 
If you could, I bet we could. I bet if we could get it on Hoopla right now and then we see if we want to keep going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I would love to compare it. Mm-hmm. Same with Invincible, right? Like, they're definitely different stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I definitely like Invincible more at this point. Uh, oh, as far as a TV show goes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Invincible's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I wonder, too, if they had done this, as, and I think you mentioned this, too, in the car, you're glad that Invincible is animated because, I don't know, like maybe this I, would have been best, better suited for animation or maybe they just needed like a better casting director and maybe they need like a better showrunner or director to like kind of really be able to take the show where the comic book is going. Yeah, you know? I found it fascinating that Mark Millar is married to a Netflix executive and he's also yeah, the president CEO of Millar Netflix, Comics yeah. uh, or whatever it's called. And mm-hmm. he had control over who got to run the show. And uh, he had more control over a lot of the creative de- uh, decisions for the TV show because of his position, because it's his IP, because right. all that stuff. But it's, he's also, he's a comics writer, right? He's a writer. He's not a TV right. show creator. So maybe that maybe but, that that's part of the detriment of the show. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Robert Kirkman's also involved in the yeah, Invincible but, show. So Right. Well, Robert Kirkman's also heavily involved in Walking Dead, but he's also, I think, shown himself to be um, a good TV writer, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's something he has that maybe Mark Millar doesn't have. I don't know. It's even, hard to see. I guess we'll see. Well, even, yeah, I guess we will see. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, Mark Millar also has a bunch of movies that were made oh. based on his IP that he thought he wanted and the Kingsman and stuff oh, that we love. Oh right? yeah. I love wanted. So movies and TV are different also. They are different. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited to, I'm ready to watch more of it. I guess I wouldn't exactly say I was excited. Yes. I'm, I am definitely willing to give it more time to sort of come together for me. Yeah. Noir portion of our show? Yeah. (laughs) Aside from our daughter. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Jupiter's Legacy had some dark moments, but yeah, it's not noir. (laughs) Although it does have that, you know, that uh, uh, pre-depression like sort of feel that you get in a lot of like noir stuff with like detectives and whatever in their suits and... Yeah. Yeah. The... Well, yes. Yeah. I I was just going to talk about the timeline of the comic book that we're going to talk about. But first we'll get into the kid detective, mm-hmm. which was a 2020 movie, neo-noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled that off of a Rotten Tomatoes review that I can probably read later if we want, if anybody's interested in that. I'm super interested in that. I, I mean, by review, I mean snippet, but <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows that I don't click on the article. Yeah. Just read the headline. <laughs> like that. But uh, written and Red directed Lobster by Red Evan Lobster. Morgan. It's his debut as a director. and. Adam Brody is the the main character. We never watched the OC, so I have no connection to him from that. But I've seen him in, in other things, and he's very charming. Yeah, he's in um, Hide and Seek. That is a movie that I am... Nope, sorry. A, it's called Ready oh, or Not. Okay. Yeah. I do know that movie, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about a game of Hide and Seek, it and is. that's why I messed it up there. It's a good movie but too. he's in Ready or Not, which I like a lot. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so is this, actually. Yeah, I really like this movie. I really liked it, too. He plays this character who was a, a kid detective in this small town. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of mini-celebrity, sort of, as a child who who solves these mysteries. And through some trauma of this kidnapping and disappearance of a girl that he Never. knows and that he can't solve this case, mm-hmm. he definitely 
takes a few hits along the way and then they kind of i mean they do flashbacks and stuff for when he was a kid but yeah. you know ultimately obviously it centers around him as an adult who's still doing detective work in this town but he's really kind of uh, finding missing cats yeah, yeah and he's also gets like free ice cream from this place in town for solving a case when he's a kid and he's still going there as an adult and like, right. the guy, the guy grows Ew. visibly annoyed when he sees him step up in line to get his ice yeah. cream and he definitely comes off as just kind of a loser and right he's um, sleeping on a couch in his house where he has a roommate yeah is, you know <laughs> but kind of a lovable loser i guess yeah and his and, his parents don't really trust him but also they like are like you need to get your shit together and his, his goth secretary, um, yeah. played by Sarah Sutherland, is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the movie itself, I just I think it's just kind of fun. It does a good job of balancing the tone of this movie that you kind of expect with a, a lot of darker elements. I saw some reviews that talk about the missed opportunities for humor in the movie, but I, see, you know. I was I was thinking, and I was just going to say the same thing. I think that the balance was really good with the humor and also like the heavier stuff. Um, the humor is just really dry. Um, it's not overt. Uh, it's subtle. And I liked that. I just enjoyed it. And I enjoyed all the characters. I like the actor that plays the girl, um, who comes to him for this, you know, after her boyfriend's been murdered and asking him to solve this murder. I think while we were watching it, I, I, I said something about how they, they handled even that, that team up really well. Right. Um, cause he's an older guy and this mm-hmm. is a high school girl and they're kind of getting into this case together and spending a lot of time together. And it's always like, you're never uncomfortable mm-hmm. with that relationship, which I think is probably harder than it, than it might seem. Right. Right. So uh, I think everything was just handled really well. I, I love the hiding in the closet bit. I did too. <laughs> Especially towards the end. And, uh, you know, as far as the the older crime carrying forward and being a cloud over the town and this person and, and how it ties into the, the crime that they're trying to solve now. Right. I don't think that spoils much because uh, obviously it's one story, right? Right. Um, um, I also like how there are little snippets and tidbits where you can see that he was a good problem solver and a good detective. And, you know, his downfall was this epic failure that made him not believe in himself anymore. But you can, you can see the little bits of how he puts things together to solve these things. And then he was duped. So, you know, um, I, I liked all of that. I felt like a lot of those things were really smart. I liked it. I, I think there was some uh, discussion about whether she, we should about whether we should rent or buy it. We rented and, it, which we almost never do. Yeah, especially because <laughs> the price was kind of close. I think. Yeah, but was, I think ultimately we decided if we if like we, it, we'll buy it. If we like it, we'll buy it because <laughs> we would pay for it for the price of the rental and the purchase, since both you know, and it would be worth it. So yeah, strange choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have anything else for the kid detective? No. Then I guess we'll move on to The Good Asian, which was really, I thought, uh, an outstanding first issue. I love it. It's a nine-issue limited series. And I don't even really get into noir comics that often. Like Ed Brubaker is a, an example of a very successful independent artist who writes a lot of noir comics. And I've never, I've had plenty of opportunities to pick up any one of those series that he's written. And I just... 
it's never something that I'm all that into because I just don't think that they generally hold my interest or meet my expectations for I very guess. long. Yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, I love detective stories and stuff. I never, man, I need to go finish the last run on pretty deadly. I only read that first issue, but that's a pretty noir start. Yeah. Um, and we love that. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess if I was the one picking I mean, I, pr- I probably would read more of those if I was more actively involved in the keeping selection. up with and the selection. And yeah, it, it's it, fine that I'm not uh, because that's just sort of your jam. But I love that stuff. So I don't think you'd bring one home that. Unless well, I think I need to give it a, a more of a shot mm-hmm. or find find the ones that are really supposed to be good. You know, we didn't go back to the Rotten Tomato stuff, but I was reading through some of these uh, reviews for the kid detective. And one of them talks about how it's the most idiosyncratic film noir since Ryan Johnson's brick, which I've heard is very good and we've not seen. And we like, right. Ryan we like stuff. Ryan Johnson stuff a lot. We do. <laughs> so that should be in our, our movie jar that we don't have that I feel like we should have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just whip one of those up and we'll, we'll start using You're, it. We won't though, because you'll be like, <laughs> I don't want to we'll pull it out. We'll just keep pulling movies out until we get one that we yeah. want to watch no i will i could stick to it okay like one night a week or or whenever every, i think the rule should just be when we can't when we really can't decide what what we're gonna watch we just need to okay so we'll really need to put some effort and thought into actually making the list though yeah because we don't track that stuff anywhere it's just a lot of things get forgotten and some things just come up by happenstance and we'll mm-hmm. watch it and so we need to put the godfather in there and then after we watch the first one we need to write a number two on it and stick it back in the jar <laughs> and then a three after. right because yeah. you can't you can't watch them out of order no i was gonna say you can't waste that paper oh no it's a joke <laughs> yes you can't watch them out of order <laughs> uh so anyway back to the good asian it's really good really great first issue uh it's a very heavy book like mm-hmm. the the subject matter is, is is pretty intense and obviously and it's uh, timely it is timely <laughs> i read this interview on uh sci-fi wire that that the writer and artist do with the interviewer i think his name was dave johnson but you know they wrote this kind of all through 2020 as the anti-asian violence picked up across the country that's some dark stuff like the stuff they catch on video and post online mm-hmm. is just really depressing and appalling Uh, yeah yeah but he talks about how it's almost indecipherable as far as time frame like it's set in 1936 but it could easily be set in 2020 yep one of those uh themes that even the interview on the ringerverse podcast where they talk to mark millari he's talking about how when he was writing jupiter jupiter's legacy he's there's like a financial collapse yeah all that stuff and he was like by the time 2020 rolls around we'll be all uh, america will be on the right path and you know it's just the long arc of justice or whatever it seems to be very very long yes but i mean there's a lot of stuff on the themes of identity i mean even the title of the book the good asian speaks to like the stereotype of Mm -hmm. what americans view as uh, a good immigrant, especially right. 
when it comes to Asian people, quiet and rule docile. following. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gross. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but they and they do a good job, I think, avoiding the stereotypes of kind of male Asian characters for their their main mm-hmm. protagonist here, uh, Edison Hark, and he's based on a couple of things. One, a an actual real life detective from the 1950s i guess an asian detective who was a detective because he was given that position in hawaii which was the only place that that could Mm -hmm. actually happen but there was also like a fictional asian detective in the time frame where he was or at least that he grew up with watching movies where sometimes even just played by caucasians obviously not sometimes like all the time right yeah (laughs) and i just thought they did such a good job with the story and the character and the um, questions of identity for for this person mm-hmm. and the choices that he has to make to balance. Uh, one of the things I, I read in the interview was it's like a composite of the balance between East and West that just a- Asian people in general have to consider when they're living in the United States. Mm-hmm. And you see those choices that he has to make when he's out on the first yeah. like kind of shakedown. It's not a shakedown because they're questioning them as police, but right. you know, he has to choose what to do there. And you see it when he has to leave the kid on Angel Island, the place where they filter the immigrants in through yeah. and yeah. I mean the I mean it's set in a period in American history that is still dealing with the fallout of uh, the Chinese Exclusion Act and the Page Act and mm-hmm these policies that banned Chinese immigration, like completely in some, you know, I guess the exclusion act banned the immigration of Chinese laborers and the page act banned Chinese women from immigrating to the United States. It's one of those things that's hard to stomach. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's just, I want to say like hard to even imagine, but I guess it's really not like there was the Muslim. What makes it harder to imagine is, as all inclusive as yeah. this stuff, but it, it makes it harder to imagine it because they don't teach you that these things happen right. in school. In well, it's history. the same thing with um, yeah the Juneteenth stuff from Watchmen. Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. These huge important things that they just conveniently leave out of our history. Um, it's tough, you know. Um, uh, it's kind of rote at this point to keep saying things like history is written by the victors, but it, it really just, even this book deals a lot with who wields power and who controls the narrative. And well, in this case too, I mean, in the case of America, uh, history is written by the people in power and with the money because the South lost, but how many, after all the years we've lived here in the South, do we hear that the civil war wasn't about, slavery it was about states rights because that's what kids are taught in schools down here so you know i mean it's yeah it's it's something that just hopefully keeps going in a better direction it's just like you said before it's a, a long arc the author said that in all of his research that he was doing for this book he never saw a white american referenced as white it was just American Chinese American yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> or, uh, or Oriental. Like he yep. puts that term in this book because it's set 
in the thirties. Uh, yeah. And it's so cringy. I, it is. That's why when I was flipping through the previews catalog, when, before it came out, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if, but I mean, I kind of realized, um, when I thought about it just for, that was my initial reaction was like, Whoa, cringy. I, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I saw who was writing it and I was like, they're not just going to put that in there for no reason. Right. I mean, as far as this book goes, they do some really cool things. They do the, they show how detail oriented the Edison Hark is as a detective and highlight the details that he's looking at as like in, like they do in psych or mm-hmm. Sherlock, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was pretty fun. And we get a glimpse into the kind of dual storylines that'll be unfolding through the nine issue arc, the, the murder in Chinatown where again, he's, we're left kind of hanging with uncertainty as far as what choice he's going to make at the end of the first issue. But he has a choice to make about what he's going to do in, in that situation where they find this dead body. And then there's also the, the missing person that he's trying to track down because his adopted father has fallen into this coma and he thinks that she might be able to shed some light on it or even help him recover. And I think we're definitely going to get deeper into his relationship with his adopted family. His, um, his brother seems cool, but just that brief uh, memory of his uh, sister saying that he wasn't part of the family. He was just like trash that their father had given a home or something yeah. like that. Was, she seems nice. Yeah. That the brother though seems suspect to me. I don't trust it. Trust it. So yeah, I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, notoriously cynical. So <laughs> even I think, you know, you were talking about the one dimensionality of, is that a word? of the characters it is now (laughs) in jupiter's legacy and that's kind of the opposite in this book right there's so much stuff in in this book there's even i mean it's one page but it's a great page uh that is almost seems out of place but he just kind of mentions how his taste in women has gotten him in trouble and it's this multi-frame page with a lot of different splashes of color on it and these these white women mm-hmm. are getting out of this fancy car and they're all dressed up to go out on the town or whatever yeah and, and their flapper gear it's pretty great yeah yeah and i guess that i mean that brings me to like the last thing that i really had on this was the art it was just really good and really effectively uses color i think it was very subdued for the noir but these huge splashes of neon pink on that mm-hmm. page about the women or I don't know. You know what's interesting about that page is um, I couldn't figure out what about, like, my first, I guess this maybe speaks positively to who I am, but my first thing was, like, he likes flappers, not that they were white. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, is it, like, the style of dress because they're, like, partiers? Honestly, I didn't make that connection that it's because he's Asian and should be into Asian women. Otherwise, he's going to get in trouble. So That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just Did you did you have anything else for the the good Asian? No. I'm definitely going to have to add it to the poll. I, yes. I have not added a lot to the the comic book store poll, but this one's definitely going on there. Yeah. It was really good. Uh I guess that'll probably wrap it up, right? Yeah. All right. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Yeah. We have our feeds on iTunes and Spotify. Mhm. And I'm not sure how to get us on Amazon because I tried and we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> submitted the, the thing. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you can find us lots of places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a website, geekchew.com. Yeah. But uh, that'll wrap it up for, for this week. And it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. <laughs>